أعوذ بالله اسمي العلي من الشيطان اللعين الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم Dear viewers, السلام عليكم ورحمة الله Welcome to the first session of Passionate Pages the Global Shia Book Club where you don't even need to read the book uh, it's, it's a nice way for us inshallah to journey through the texts of our classical scholars through to our contemporary scholars uh, where they've left these gems within books for us to go and feast into and we're told in so many ahadith that we should be seeking knowledge non-stop, namely the most famous, one of the most famous narrations that we have. It's about seeking knowledge from the cradle to the grave. And there's no better place to find some of those pearls than in the depths of books. But perhaps you're like me, someone who doesn't particularly, or didn't, I guess, particularly enjoy reading. Um, perhaps you've tried Kindles and you don't fancy them. Perhaps you've tried Audible and the voice is a bit more boring as well. So what we're trying to do through this session together as a community is to journey through these pearls try and interact with them, try and get what we can out of them. Um, and you'll see throughout that uh, we'll have some slides that will kind of demonstrate some of the points we're talking about. Um, and also, if you would like to get involved, jump on YouTube. There is a live chat towards the side and perhaps on Facebook as well. And as you send your comments in, uh, my dear brother Muhammad Jawad next to me will be joining us. Mm. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullah. Wa alaikum salam. Thank you for having me. No pleasure. Thank you yeah, for coming on. So if you have any comments, Muhammad Jawad will be able to yep. bring them into the conversation um, and we'll try and get through it. But the book yeah. of choice, how to pray a good prayer. Um, Muhammad Jawad, just begin with you. When you see this kind of title, what does it ring out to you? Is there like any initial thoughts that came to you? It's, uh, it's quite direct and to the point. Yeah. And it sort of makes me think about how I'm praying right now. And it, it probably won't be like this. So <laughs> it's We've got a long way to go. 100%, 100%. So I think from um, sort of baseline being zero, yeah. it'll be a very good way to sort of establish how to actually pray a good prayer. So yeah. it's very direct, it's very to the point. Yeah. Hopefully it does what it says on the tin. It does, yeah. I can assure you. The first chapter, as you said, had me thinking, oh no, yeah. I can't really talk about this when this is the state of my prayer. Exactly. But it's by Agha Ali Raza Panahian, who some of you viewers may be familiar with, um, a very, very popular speaker uh, in, in the Farsi world and has now done a lot of work to ensure that his messages of Ahl Bayt and the way that he portrays it reaches us in English as well. Um, you can find the book on Amazon, not to give Amazon a quick plug, but you can get it next day delivery. You can get it on Kindle um, and you can join us uh, as we go through chapter by chapter. So with that, I guess we jump in. Yeah. Inshallah. Cool. So there will be some slides coming up. You can interact with them. Um, you can download them if you go to the YouTube uh, link as well. Uh, in the comments, there'll be a link for you to download the slides. Um, so if you want to follow on, but they will come up on screen as we go uh, throughout as well. The first chapter though, so if we jump into it, um, on how to pray a good prayer that we're going to try and cover in session one, there's four main elements to it, right? And it's under this chapter of the role of prayer in life. So even before he goes into the discussion on how on earth do I even pray, he's trying to take a step back and go, hold on, what even is the point of praying? And it's a very common sense thing to do. And many, for example, business books say, hey, start with the why, mm -hmm. right? What is the whole point of doing this? Otherwise, you know, many of us are just told three, three units for Maghrib, two for Fajr. If you don't get up, you're going to hell. You know, all of these like very, oh my God. But yeah. many of us haven't really clocked onto the why, right? Um, and hopefully by covering these four things. So firstly, the relationship between worshipping and buoyancy and the vitality of spirit. So the excitement that you have when you pray it's something that maybe not a lot of us 
correlate with. Right? I don't know about you, like when, when you think of prayer, you're like, oh, I'm buzzing to pray. Yeah, I'm going to get so much energy. I, I have to admit, I'm, I'm guilty of not, not feeling that buzz. <laughs> but um, you know what you mentioned about the why? Yeah. I think as new parents, it's extremely important mm. that we check in with mm. ourselves as to why. Yeah. Because otherwise we won't be able to respond to our children when they say, why, am I, why are you telling me to do this? Like, it, it just doesn't make sense to me. Like, 100%. And if it doesn't make sense to them and it's your responsibility to then tell them why yeah. and you can't, then it's yourself that you failed. And then comes out the tougher approaches, the iron fist approach. Just exactly. do it. Exactly, which isn't <laughs> going to help. So yeah. he, he goes through this like excitement and this energy that you should have, this vitality of the spirit. I love that phrase that he uses. Then he looks at prayer being the central point, the nucleus of all acts of worship. Um, so by understanding the fact that worship is so critical in our day-to-day -day life and in our journey towards our creator, prayer is at the absolute crux of it. So if we nail worship, if we nail prayer, we've nailed our worship mm -hmm. as a whole. Then we'll go on to uh, what I've titled this session as being, which I think is beautiful, prayer, the mentor to take a person to God. And this has been playing on my, the past few days when I've been preparing this and I was thinking, wow, like seeing prayer as a mentor, mm. that's a very different dimension. Um, It'll be interesting to see how it's been personified that way. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I'm looking forward to it's cool. your analysis. Of it's that. cool. It's no analysis from me. It's all from oh, of course. Of course. Of course yeah. So I, 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 should, I should stress that any of the content doesn't come from myself, nor Muhammad Jawad, maybe some of his own opinions. Um, any of the useful content you have comes from uh, Ali Rasa um and we're just sharing what we have taken from it, um, trying to give you the, the raw form out of it in a slightly more enjoyable, digestible way. Um, and the last bit in this chapter is some of the effects of managing to offer a good prayer. So, in rela the relationship between worshipping and buoyancy and the vitality of spirit. That's where we get kicked off. So, firstly, he cites something that's very obvious to us, but maybe doesn't usually click to us, which is that, look, you're a human. You're meant to be happy. Mm. You're meant to enjoy yourself. This life is, of course, for struggle and to reach Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, but... You're meant to enjoy it. You're meant to be excited. You're meant to be those kind of people where when you sat around them, you just get energy from them. You mm -hmm. get vibes, you get excitement. Not lethargic, not dispirited or dispirited, not frustrated, not angry. You want someone happy, energetic, inspirational, motivational, bubbly, positive. Is that why you brought me along today? That's exactly why I brought oh, you I along. Exactly. You, exactly. you balance it, right? <laughs> so... He starts with that, you're like, okay, what's the association with prayer here? And he's saying, look, you can only see well. You can only be able to picture your life and what you should do when you're in a good mood. Many of us, when, for example, something goes tough at work, or a family challenge comes up, or the kid wakes you up at 3 a.m. in the middle mm. of the night, you're probably not in the best frame of mind in that moment to make a decision. So he's saying, look, before we even talk about prayer, you in your life need to be happy your heart's only gonna be able to give to others give mercy to others be kind to others if you're happy so okay i don't disagree with that so what's that got to do with prayer but he goes on even before he gets to prayer again trying to establish a state of mind that we want to get into so he's saying look when we've got this sweet life we're able to then become dear to allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and this is an interesting point it took me a few minutes to reflect on right when we have a sweet life, we become dear to Allah. Why? When I'm in a sweet mood, when I'm in a positive mood, I'm going to manifest more godly traits. When I'm in a negative mood, when I'm down, when I'm frustrated, 
I'm going to manifest more non-godly or satanic traits, right? Mm. So if I'm frustrated and then I see someone owning the car that I've wanted my whole life, jealousy. If I'm content, at ease, positive and excited for what's to come and I see Muhammad Jawab with a Ferrari coming past, I'm like, may Allah <laughs> give him five more and maybe I can get one in the process, right? Inshallah. Mm. So... Once we, become, once we have this sweetness, then we're able to also worship God in a thankful manner. Our mindset towards our creator changes. This is beautiful. It's limited to those who are filled with this joy, with blessings. And as a result, our prostration prolongs. And positivity breeds positivity, right? Everyone 100%. likes to feel good for longer and longer and longer. So if that is what encourages closeness to Allah, then... You know, brilliant. I mean, I'm not sure whether it's a, a hadith. I don't, I'm not sure whether it's a saying or not. But it, I think um, one of the holy household mentioned that if you remember Allah during your happy times, He'll remember you during your sad times. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. being happy and being in that good spirit will definitely, and remembering Allah during that time will definitely sort of help you when you need to remember Absolutely. Him and bring you up again. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it's. You, you become so excited in that frustration to speak to God. You become drowned in the enjoyments of, of the world and you want to thank him. And I think that's the difference, right? When you have that contentment and happiness in your heart, you can thank him for the air that you breathe. You can thank him for the heartbeat that you've got, which is such mu- so much more of an intimate thing to be thanking him for than like, oh, you know, I got a job promotion. Thank you. That's nice. But there's some more obvious and you know critical things that we have. So... He then asked two questions. So he's saying, given that we understand that we want to be happy, and this is the goal in life, and everyone wants that, we want to be energetic. Firstly, what should we be doing so that our life becomes sweet, so that we're able to live with this sweetness, so that we can even serve Allah with this sweetness? And equally on the contrary to that, what should we do so that we're not so thirsty for the enjoyment from any sin that we may see? So when I see something that is not permissible for me, how do I avoid getting excited about that and instead focus my excitement on having the sweetness of a relationship with God? Because that's where I want to be. That's where I can have these positive buoyancy and vitality. So with that, we look to a hadith from Imam Sadiq uh, which comes up next, where he's reported to say, qalb, that God has created a person's heart, tahiran, safiyan, pure and clear. And he has ordained for it to be remembering him and thinking about his adjectives, like his, his, um, his characteristics, right? Mm-hmm. And paying attention to God's grandeur and his greatness. So our heart was already positioned in this pure and clean fashion. And its whole purpose is to do dhikr and fikr of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So if we're nourishing our spirit by worshipping Allah, by remembering him, our life as a result becomes full of vitality, happiness and energetic. We want the happiness, we want the vitality, we want the energy, the, 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 the energy to get there. Imam Sadiq is saying, your heart's pure and clear, go get there by remembering him, by praising him, doing ta'zeem, remembering Allah's greatness. It's a good analogy to healthy eating as well, isn't it? Sort of, oh. you... Comparing junk food and healthy food, okay. if you nourish yourself with healthy food, you feel relatively good and essentially full of vitality, if you want to say that. 
Whereas if you're having... I, I enjoyed a very good burger the other day, well, though, and I felt great, I felt great, I'm not gonna, <laughs> that, a bit tired, well, but great. A bit tired, right? <laughs> so, that kind of thing, if you keep on yeah. having those, yeah, it's not know, gonna be that, that junk food, it'll stop you from feeling sprightly and yeah, full, yeah, of, full of health. 100%. 100%. Could, I don't know, you could probably use that analogy. Could equate the it two. It just popped into my head. That's cool, that's cool. Um, yeah. I think, and, and, and this, this positive energy that we're trying to gain, to see that worship is a vehicle to get there, I think is quite a nice transformation because again, it helps us go, when I'm praying at the moment, regardless, regardless of which prayer it is, right? Am I leaving that prayer mat jumping with energy, jumping with spirit, or am I like, okay, that's done? Mm. And I think that's the scary thing. Sometimes when yeah. I look back on my prayers, I'm like, yeah, it was a full-on done. Just like, okay, it's out the way. The, the annoying inconvenience of my day is over. Mm. Now I can get back to my day-to-day. And, and the crazy thing is that once we're able to take on this hadith from Muhammad Sallam and, and have that constant remembrance, we become so, sweetness in, so sweet in our nature. We just see blessings in everything that Allah puts in front of us, right? Mm. Say the Zainab salam. this line just becomes up every single time that she saw nothing but beauty. How does she see beauty at a time where it's chaos? Because she only sees Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's uh, greatness in front of her at any given time, mm. right? And that's perhaps as a consequence of a prayer, but I'm sure many other things. But fundamentally, our main need is for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala himself. Um, anything that's come up from... I was just going to say, if you're tired of hearing my opinions, feel free <laughs> to just type in the chat because at the moment there's nothing just yet. But it's I clear. highly encourage you to do so because I'm tired of hearing my voice. <laughs> <laughs> I worry about my voice then. Mm. No, but al- Alhamdulillah, this, this book club has been running for, for, for some time. Um, mm. for, the, for the viewers, you'll be uh, reassured to know that it's very normal that people jump in and they'll send their comments in and we'll use that as another part of our discussion for where we, hear, where we are. So... Jump on YouTube and, and, and we'll, we'll be having a look at what you've got to say and your, your thinking on, uh, on the parts we're going through. So the next part that, he, that Agha then goes on to, um, he reminds us from this beautiful line of Qur'an that I love as to what our dependence is. That, oh people, it's you who's in need of Allah. And there's this line in, uh, in the dua, Allahumma aghni kulla faqir, oh Allah, um, uh, enrich all of those who are poor that we recite in Shah Ramadan. Mm-hmm. And most of us, we recite that line thinking, okay, I'm thinking of the guy when I'm walking to the office, it's him, mm-hmm. right? The guy who's homeless, the guy who's not got money. Yet in the tafsir that Shaykh Al-Fan gives there, he's mm-hmm. saying, no, 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 hold on. Allah says very clearly, antumul fuqara'u ilallah. You are needy unto Allah. You, the person reciting the dua, when you're thinking of the guy who hasn't got food, uh-uh, you, <laughs> you, the guy reading it as well, all nice. of you, nas, everyone, there's no uh, exclusion of the type of person. It's not a believer, it's not a non-believer, mm. it's all people. So similarly here, it's a reminder that, look, without God, the battery of our spirit's going to become weak and we're going to become dejected, we're going to become frustrated and we remind ourselves that all of our energy that we get comes directly from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mm. through Worship and Amir al-Mu'mineen is reported to say Mudawamatu dhikr qutul arwah That assiduity which means the constant or close attention to what you're doing So paying close attention to worship Is the connection of our soul to the source of power and life So if we're really focused and honed in on this worship that we do 
in this remembrance, in this fikr and dhikr of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, it's going to empower our souls and give us energy. So again, we're just like trying to wake ourselves up as to what is really behind this prayer. Because we see that worshipping is the way to change our soul and to get this energy. And through and following this worship, our life that we live becomes so much sweeter. And he uses a brilliant, uh, quite a beautiful example here that's quite apt for us again. He says, just like a child who's gained this serenity from his mother's embrace, we similarly pray and we leave with this joy that a child gets. And I've seen, you know, we've seen it firsthand, right? When a child wakes up after a good stretch of sleep and has a good feed, they are smiling, they're buzzing, they're excited, and they're there to play and shout for the next two, three hours, right? And they're ready to experience life. You know, you just show them the outside and they're like, wow. (laughs) You know, and when we see outside, we're like, boring, nothing. But there's so much there for us to see. I have just uh, found out that I've actually blundered a little bit and all these comments just came flooding in. Oh, Uh, no. Um, Go but for it. one question yeah. from Samira Basvarani is that does the source of income become a means of sweetness? Kind of um, touching on your um, point about um, sustenance and mm-hmm. the source of sweetness and that um, when you said Allahumma agni kula fakir, all those points together in that question. So what would you think of that? Does income become the source of happiness? That, was that, was Sweet, that? Uh, become a means of sweetness. So what, what I will say is this, right? And I always add these disclaimers. Anything mm. that we share, we try to make sure it comes from the sheikh's words himself, right? Mm. So when we discuss this kind of stuff, it's purely on a simplistic reflection. And it's neither of us, I speak about myself, maybe both of us, we're not scholars. We're, we're not, we're not you know, uh, students in that regard. Um, I think the general, so we could be wrong when we say this. I think the general principle here is this, right? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has created this world for us to grow but also to enjoy right and there's many uh discussions around how we're meant to enjoy this world but not get attached to it mm-hmm. but you should enjoy the pleasant the pleasantries of it right so if allah has bestowed you an income and you can do something sweet with that but fundamentally mm-hmm. the sweetness is always godly it's always from allah subhanahu wa ta'ala so if the spend of your income is counter to a godly thing, then mm. it's questionable, right? Mm. Fundamentally, anything that Allah gives you, you can see as sweetness. Anything that he, any test that He provides you, you can see it as a source of sweetness because you know this all comes from Allah Subhanahu wa Taala. I think some other people have commented in addition to this, and they say that, uh, for example, Zainab has said that income in itself is materialistic. Mm. Uh, she thinks that the means of sweetness is about sweetness to the soul, which we not feel in this world, but our soul feels it. Mm. And another person, Razdi, has said, Indeed, through the remembrance of Allah comes solace for the heart and soul. So Beautiful. prayers are the ultimate opportunity to do this every day. For sure. Yeah, for and, sure. Um, Iftikhar Hussain has also um, contributed, saying that money can possibly buy happiness in that sense. So mm-hmm. to your initial point. So thank you all for um, the comments. Keep them coming because yeah, this please. is really encouraging some conversation going. It does. Yeah. And I, th- I think that latest one on money can buy happiness I'd maybe challenge it slightly and say, I know people who have ridiculous amounts of money in the mm. business world who are definitely not happy. Mm. Um, and you see those, and, and there's a beautiful uh, narration that's attributed to Amir al-Mu'minin where he's reported to say, contentment is the capital which will never diminish. Mm. So you can have unlimited capital, i.e. in property and assets, and you could have, and that's always diminishing. 
But if your contentment is your capital, that can never diminish, right? It's, mm. it's with you. No one can take it away from you because it's godly, mm. right? So just back to this analogy then, right? So Sheikh has given this analogy saying that the same way the child goes to its mother and feels this serenity and this excitement and this joy, we should be going towards prayer, connecting with God and coming out and be like, whoa, I'm buzzing again, like... Mm. It's, it's, you know, uh, from between Maghrib and now before I go to sleep, I'm just like in a new trance again. And then I get up at Fajr and, wow, imagine if this yeah. was the case. We're buzzing at Fajr time, yeah. right, for example. So and it's like a mobile phone charger in a way, right? Sort of your yeah. energy levels dip, 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 dip. The intention is, or the, the ideal is, you pray and you get charged up again yeah. and it, that's back it. up again. That's it. And we're given five opportunities to do that a day. Yeah. Or three or five. Three or depending five, depending. Your, depending. Yeah. Um, Interestingly and, and, and scarily maybe as a warning, Sheikh does very quickly emphasize that the opposite of this is true as well. So if our worship is not correct, even if we have so much enjoyment in front of us, present there, we can still feel frustrated. So that's to the point that Brother mentioned that you can have all of that wealth in front of you. You can have the yeah. best banquet. You can have that burger that I had on Monday evening, right? And I can still be frustrated whilst I eat it. And there's a line in the Quran in Surah Taha, verse uh, 124, Surah Taha, Surah number 20. Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. That but whosoever turns away from my remembrance, and remember we said it's all about dhikr and fikr from that hadith from Muhammad Sadiq. So mm-hmm. whoever turns away from my dhikr, from my remembrance, his life shall be narrow, shall be restricted. Mm. So if you haven't got that remembrance of Allah, which generates this energy because you start to exhibit these godly attributes, and you remember what you're here for, and you seek that nearness, and you get closer to his mercy and his love, if you're not doing that, if you're turning away, you can very quickly start to feel that this life becomes narrow and limited. Mm-hmm. And why we're not as energetic and as balanced as we should be. We start to go too much in one direction of materialism and maybe not enough in the direction of spirituality. And similarly, we shouldn't go you know, crazy spiritual where you spend 100 days in a cave, mm. right? You're meant to find the balance between mm. the spiritual and, uh, and, and materialistic side. And there's a quote, and if we have a look at this next slide, I think it's a really beautiful quote that I've taken directly from, from the Sheikh. He says, that which causes a person to be able to enjoy the minimum blessings of the world and not to feel that he needs to sin is worshipping. So whatever causes a person to be able to enjoy the minimum blessings, the minimum, the most basic blessings of the world, and therefore you don't feel this attraction that, oh, well, I, need to, I need to go get that and I'll steal it, or I, I, you know, I really want to bicker and do riba and do backbiting because it's going to make me feel better. You don't need to tend towards sin when you already mm. feel content in what Allah has given you, even if it's minimal. Mm. And I find that, again, just this concept of worship and why worship exists and the goal of it really Powerful. So, worshipping is what? You stop what you're doing, you stand in front of Allah, and you do that thing, that action, the way that Allah has told you. And you think about God, and you keep remembering God, mm. and all of your movements are in accordance with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's command and guidance, and that surmises in simply salat. Mm. So the concept of worship is there, but once you are obeying Allah in each of those steps in the way that he's described it, you end up with salat as we know it. I think uh, touching on to your previous point, there was a couple of comments here from Kumail Hashmani. Um, a dear brother. A dear brother Kumail, 
who quotes Imam Ali alayhi salam, and he says, how strange and foolish is man who loses wealth, who loses his health in gaining wealth, then to regain his health, he wastes his, um, his wealth. Mm. Bit of a tongue twister that. Yeah. I got there in the end. <laughs> uh, he ruins his present while worrying about his future, but weeps in the future by recalling his past. Wow. He lives as though death shall never come to him, but dies in a way as if he were never born. Mm. And I think that especially links with the contentment uh, hadith that you mentioned earlier. Just chasing, right? Yeah, In yeah. that mindset of chasing, Honestly. chasing, chasing, and you miss... Mm. And you know, I, I will take a, take a moment, like parenthesis here, right? I was certainly, and you know, you, you guys know that I was certainly in, 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 a, in a state of my life whereby it was intense at work, right? It was mm. leaving the house very early, coming home 9, 10, 11, midnight, and then COVID. And coupled with COVID, pregnancy. Mm -hmm. And coupled with that, alhamdulillah, job change. Mm. And next thing you see, this beauty of family of this whole new dimension exactly to that hadith it could have been constantly still on that train chasing mm. chasing 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 and you think you're doing it for a good reason but you don't realize you're just entrenched in it and you mm. need something to get you out of it right and alhamdulillah in, in, in my case there was an opportunity there but mm. you then take the step back and you're like whoa there's so much contentment to be found away from all of this yeah 100 percent um, uh, I don't know if this is a spoiler, but um, Sahil Khan has said, I believe later in the book, Sheikh touches on how the fact that some of us are usually at our lowest points in life or when our prayers aren't properly done. It's coming in yeah. the next view. Yeah. Alhamdulillah, he's ready. I'm, <laughs> so happy. I'm happy. I'm happy. I'm happy. Uh, an avid reader. Um, Zainab also, said, also asks, do you think one way to have this excitement for prayer is to actually understand what we are saying in prayer? And mm. I fully agree. Because otherwise, what are you doing? If not without meaning. Yes. So later in the book, we get on to uh, how to pray this good prayer, right? So at the moment, we're establishing why, uh, what does it give us? And then we'll come on to how to offer that prayer. But 100%, I think anyone that I've spoken to who has invested time in learning what they're saying and some of the tafsir about each of the actions that you do, how Qiyam prepares you for Rukul and Rukul prepares you for Sajda, and that is the point where your head is at the lowest, even lower than... Your, the most important part of your body is lower than the most insignificant part of your body. And that you need Rukul to prepare you, Qiyam to prepare you. When you think about that, you're like, whoa, Sajda's coming. Wow. This is going to be a big moment, right? Mm -hmm. there's, there's stuff like this that when you pick up on it, this prayer is so beautifully gifted to us. Yet, we're still guilty of like... Honestly, it just disappears in a blink of an eye. Like, yeah. literally, as soon as you finish... You're like, okay, fine, great. Finished, done, <laughs> back to the football, it's, back it's to the like, list. It's, it's there waiting for you. Yeah. And you have so many opportunities to fulfill it. 100%. And it's, you're looking at this extremely, extremely precious form of worship that's going to aid you infinitely in the next life. I mean, you can't, go, you can't go into Jannah if you haven't prayed Properly, and we've got some stark, stark hadith about this coming up. Yeah, and yes. and so having neglected it is just it's it's foolish. It's, it's foolish. We all and do it's it. Frightening. Yeah, we all do it. We're all guilty of it, especially when we're younger. And hopefully, we've managed to get out of the habit. But I, you know, I speak on behalf of myself more than anyone else. Um, so Sheikh then comes on to this point. He says, "Look, now that I've cited that we want this energy, we're in pursuit of this energy." this buoyancy, this excitement, this, mm. this, uh, this buzz. 
He goes, look, maybe there are some skeptics that will say, actually, we don't need it. It's not actually that important. We do, it's not that necessary. To which he replies with a hadith from Imam al-Bakr, where he's reported to say, whoever is lethargic in the affairs of his life will be even more lethargic in the affairs of his spiritual life and hereafter. And it's a similar, again, trend that we see that laziness breeds laziness, right? So if you've had a super lazy day, and we've all had it during COVID, let's be real, we've oh, had yeah. some way you've just done nothing, mm. right? And you get up to pray, that prayer is going to likely be super, super low energy, mm. unfocused, a bit of a drag. You have all this inertia. Yeah. And so you don't have any momentum. And so this is the engineer in you coming. Oh, out. of course, of course, all these all these buzzwords. But uh, that makes the journey to the prayer mat, let alone standing up, incredibly difficult. Yeah, 100%. and it's like, you know that um, that joke that goes around about oh you're in bed and you go to the gym at night and you can't lift up your can't lift up your blanket, yeah, or, can't lift that, the weight. We've all, all heard it, but yeah. uh, it's true. Yeah, that inertia is just it's a killer, and we need to sort of find a way to constantly overcome it with by not getting to that point in the first place yeah. and yeah. all the triggers that make us realize that we are getting to that point are there to sort of stop us from doing so 100 percent. i think uh yeah there's another comment here you might recognize fatima md <laughs> uh the moment of this is the momentum of this as i've just mentioned is hard enjoying salah and concentrating it fluctuates so does aha say anything about how to maintain this consistently We'll come on to that hopefully maybe not next week because we're, oh, we're, we're maybe the week after but yes Excellent. i think there is a there's and if not i'm going to plug a dear friend of mine dr ali al Hilli. oh 50 ways to 50 ways 100 word ways yeah. um, to concentrate in prayer yeah. and you can jump on his facebook and you'll, he's got like one for each of shah ramadan uh, so he's he's the man for concentration in prayer and he has a great workshop on it so mm. give him a shout um cool so with that hadith we realized that we need to actually approach it with a bit of energy otherwise we're going to go nowhere mm-hmm. um, and we need to have a bit of uh, energy in life. So therefore, the conclusion comes with this. I just want, I'm going to read this out and just it's it's Allah basically giving this summary of what we should therefore ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for. And I love the summary. Right. And it, again, it ch- it changes the dimension of the way we could see prayer. He says, oh Allah, relieve our sorrow and depression and grant us everlasting happiness and genuine and lasting buoyancy. Show us the way to achieve spiritual power and energy and remove lethargy and dejection. Make us the source of deep and real happiness for others. Grant us the grace of worshipping thankfully because of a life full of happiness. Now, who doesn't want to be around a person that's got those traits, right? That's not down, that's not low, that's buzzing, that's able to help others with that buzz. And how do we get there? The hypothesis is through prayer. And I just find that... Um, is beautiful so why this whole introduction right why this whole introduction when we're talking about how to pray a good prayer we've not mentioned a single thing Mm. we've just gone back to the why and said knowing that we want this energy in life and that worship is a way to get that energy why so much emphasis on it Mm. and this hadith from Rasulullah where he's reported to say the light of my eye is prayer the light of my eye is prayer and there's so many of these. And each time you're like, oh man, I've really not put enough energy into my prayer, right? And even now I'm just like, seriously, the light of my eye is prayer. So whenever we stand for prayer, we should become so happy. Yeah. 
and energetic. Prayer is my love and it should make my spirit buzz and be happy. Exactly said, mm. it's going back to the phone charger. It's the baby going back to its mother. Mm. It's that, that buzz that we get, mm. right? And beautifully here, the Prophet is it's, it reports to say, Kana amrun salat. That when, when something was hard for the Prophet of God, he took refuge in prayer. So exactly that, yeah. it's back to that safe zone. It makes complete sense. You're going to your creator and saying, I'm just checking in. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I'm experiencing something very difficult. Yeah. Or I'm just checking in because I'm happy and I want to... I want to say thank you. Yeah, I want to let you know. Yeah. Um, someone, uh, Sahil Khan, has also said, the Holy Household put a lot of emphasis on our prayers. For sure. And how our du'as will not be accepted if our wajib prayers aren't accepted by Allah. So inshallah we learn about how to pray properly Inshallah yeah. Session 2 or 3 or 4 You'll have to, you have to yeah. keep, keep in line to see when we get there inshallah um, So with that we've kind of covered this first mm. part uh, And now we come on to prayer being the axis of all acts of worship So we've realised that worship is how we're going to get this energy, this buoyancy And now Allah comes into this concept that prayer i.e. salat itself Is the core, it's the nucleus, it's the axis of all of our acts of worship. So if we nail it, we've nailed worship as a whole. And this is where we'll start to see some of this. So as we see that this is such an important part of worship, Imam al comes into this and exactly as the brothers just said, this is one of the hadith that is just like, oh man, I'm in danger. So he's reported to say the first thing that is evaluated in a servant is his or her prayers. Yeah. We can do as many book clubs as we like. We can do as much service to the community publicly, anonymously. We can serve our parents as much as we want. We can do azaf of Abdullah all we want. And I'm not going to say all that is worthless. But what I will say is that the first thing that is evaluated in a servant is his or her prayers. If they are accepted, the rest of his or her deeds will be accepted also. If they are not accepted, the rest of his or her other deeds won't be accepted. It's a bit of a, oh, um, now maybe there's something deeper behind this in that it's about if your mindset during prayer, for example, is one of sincerity, one of qurbatan ilallah, then all of your acts thereafter will also hopefully be qurbatan ilallah and not for other reasons. There could be many things behind this, um, but we won't go into the tafsir of it because we're not qualified to do so. But I think the, the statement is very stark from Imam Um um, very powerful and obviously we just commemorated his istishhad uh, day before yesterday um, and he's a fountain of knowledge for us so it's, it's something that we should take into account we hear obviously there's other hadith that uh, there's a relationship between the acceptance of prayers and receiving intercession from the a'imma and again the vice versa of that um, being the case so God. yeah it's akin to you mentioned um, in the previous section about how it nourishes your soul and uh, in another book by Sheikh Bahmanpur about mm-hmm. the afterlife, mm-hmm. um, your soul is what transitions into the next world. Mm-hmm. And if your soul isn't nourished and prayer nourishes your soul, it won't be able to survive that next bit. In, that, in that realm. So it isn't because Allah is unhappy with you because you haven't prayed, that's why nothing's going to get accepted it's because your soul just doesn't have the capacity to because you haven't wow. nourished it enough wow wow is wow. what i took from it that's again it's, it's powerful when you think about it it's like that soul is going with you and if you're not 
looking after it, if you're not nourishing it, if you're not, if you're not charging it properly, mm. it's just like the moment you, you take the phone off the charger, it's got 4% left, you're dead. Yeah. And your soul, as soon as it leaves, pff, you're finished. Mm. Uh, it's just not the easiest. Reminds me of those old Blackberries. When the battery was low, they just took out the network. <laughs> and that's it. Done. Uh, that's interesting. And I, this, is, this is why Muhammad Jawad's with us, because we get these analogies. They're just, oh yeah, that could work. Uh, Raz D has said that Salat al-Layl energizes you for the, fri- for, the, for the Fajr prayer and also keeps you going for the whole day. This wow. is why it's so recommended. It's truly an amazing gift. Yeah. Uh, Kamil Hashemani says, the earlier reference reminds him of the favorite, famous quotes. Live amongst the people in such a manner that if you die, they weep over you, and if you're alive, they crave for your company. It's, it's exactly that. It's if, you, if you emanate that energy and that positivity, yeah. no one wants to be around someone grumpy. That's kind of like my quick summary of that. Um, so, by understanding this importance of prayer, we also then understand the importance of worship. Fine. Worship in the broader sense being all of our acts of obedience, and worship in the specific sense being the specific prescribed thing like salah, where you've got very specific, do this at this time, or do this salah at a certain time, do these actions in the sequential order, make sure you prepare for it, say these exact things as well. And this is where the Holy Prophet's reported to say, salawat that the place of the ritual prayer in religion is like the place of the head to the body. It's fundamental, it's critical, it's where everything goes through. And again, if we take that concept with whatever you do is, uh, what if your salah is accepted and everything else is, and if it's not accepted and everything else isn't. If your head is going in this direction, it's very difficult to take yeah. your body elsewhere, right? So if your salah is correct, and you're heading towards Allah, you're qurbatan Allah, you're getting that nearness to Allah, then inshallah the other acts are going to follow in a similar mm. suit. But if your prayer is all over the place, it's for public gain, it's for whatever, 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 mm. there's a chance that, you know, it won't follow. Um, again, there's, I've just uh, put some of the hadith that uh, Allah put here. So the Holy Prophet also reports to say, prayer is the pillar of your religion. And Imam al-Sadiq alayhi salam reports say, your God is very kind, that he appreciates even a small act. For example, his servant prays a two-cycle prayer with sincerity and for God's satisfaction, and God enters him into heaven because of this deed. Wow. That sincerity is everything. Mm. I'll just take a pause here, and this is something that one of, one of our teachers shared with us, and I, I, I don't know, this, especially given that we're talking about salah, where surah al-ikhlas is so poignant towards our salah, and it's recommended so highly to offer this surah in your, in your prayers. We spoke about sincerity, and sincerity being a translation of ikhlas, right? Mm. So if someone has khulus, they are sincere. So ikhlas, sincerity. He said, cool, do we have a chapter that talks about sincerity? Yeah, surah al-ikhlas. Mm. Cool. What else is Surah Al-Ikhlas known as? Uh, Surah Al-Qulhu Allah. No, that's not what it's known as. But what else? Surah Tawheed. Whoa, hold on a second. Ikhlas, sincerity, goes hand in hand with Tawheed. What does it talk about? Saying that Allah is one. That he is summoned. You're like, hold on a second. When I talk about needing to do something sincerely, it's doing it with Tawheed in my head. The more sincerity that I have, the more of a mawahid I become. The more of a mawahid I become and the more I recognize Allah's oneness, the more sincerity I have because I don't care for anything else except his attention, his love, his mercy. And it's a constant cycle. And they call them the two wings, right? 
the more from a wahid you become, the more sincere you become. The more sincere you become, the more from a wahid you and become. And just to reiterate, the muwahid for those that don't... Believing and enacting and being someone that believes in Tawheed. Right. Fundamentally that Allah is everything. Allah mm-hmm. is the ultimate. Allah is the unlimited. Allah is the creator. Allah, anything you have is mm-hmm. from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And they're just obsessed. Right, And you see it, some people, subhanAllah, they have so much to give to the community. Scholars who are just like, don't even put my name anywhere. Because I just have a firm belief that Allah is seeing what I'm doing and that does it for me. Nothing phases them. And as they have that, because of that understanding of Tawheed, they become more sincere in what they're doing. And by doing that more sincerely, they recognize Allah is giving them even more bounties. And it's... Yeah. Self-perpetuating 100%. Um, um, Which is quite beautiful Go. Mazhar, uh, Mazhar Abbas Bukhari uh, Highlights the emptiness he feels um, After having not prayed For a long time Alhamdulillah So I think he's trying to Communicate the fact that Having gone lo- a long spell During mm-hmm. the day without prayer he felt, he felt this emptiness Particularly During these summer days When it's 12 till 9 You're going 9 Big hours gap. without it Big gap Yeah it's, uh, I completely relate to that I'd love to see a natural experiment maybe with, with, with people who currently aren't praying and may Allah inshallah help us all to, to, to keep to our prayers. For those who aren't praying at the moment and then taking them on a journey where they, they try to pray for two to three weeks and just to mm. see what that changes, right? Mm. And I guess maybe it's similar for us, which is our, certainly my prayers as imperfect as it gets at the moment. So if I actually go, you know what, for the next week, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give it all. Mm. And just see what that difference is, the before and after effect. Mm. Um, I mean, massively powerful. Mm, massively powerful to see. Um, so, there is the side of those then who abandon prayer. Now, sometimes we kind of get this response of like, oh, you shouldn't instill fear in people. But I think it's more seeing the impact of not doing this, right? And recognizing that you want to be joyful, you want to be energetic, etc. But at the same time, there is a consequence of deliberately defying Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And that's something that we need to, you know, it's the same with your parents, right? You can, your parents can love you all they want, but if you actively go against their word over and over and over, there are ramifications and we have to be cognizant of that. So we'll just share a few of these. And they're quite tough to read. I, you know, I, won't, I won't lie. And we don't want to scare people into prayer. We want to inspire them. But we want to also recognize if we believe our creator exists, some of the concepts that are behind this. So the Holy Prophet is reported to say, whoever abandons prayer without a reason will be separated from the shelter of Allah and his prophet. Now again, you may be thinking, okay, I'm not that bothered, whatever. Mm. Let's keep going. Amir al-Mu'minin reports to say, oh Allah, uh, curse the person who has abandoned the ritual prayer on purpose. Even this, you may be like, you know what, whatever, not too bothered. But this one is really powerful. The Holy Prophet, not that the previous ones aren't, but this one has a different angle to it. The Holy Prophet is reported to say, Sallimu ala al-Yahud wal-Nasara. Say salam to the Jewish and Christian people. Wala tusallimu ala tarik salat But don't say salam to the people of my nation who don't pray. Wow. And he's just been left out the fold. Mm-hmm. That's scary, you know, when you think yeah. about that, like, it aligns with everything that's come before. Prayers mm-hmm. at the head of, you know, just like it's the head of the body. But it's, it's a bit of a stark one to, to see. Yeah, particularly if you try applying that 
to the regular everyday Muslim. Yeah, it's uh, is it equivalent to a munafik then? Potentially someone from the kuffar, yeah. Someone who has seen the light, who understands that Allah exists, who's seen that and then now actively covers it and rejects it, perhaps. Mm, interesting. That is very... Very stark. Tough one to swallow. Yeah, I, I, I won't lie. When, when, when I saw that one, it was mm. tough. There's um, a current question um, about why prayers are break, broken into three or five uh, parts in a day. Um, I'm not sure that covers in the book or not. Not sure, actually. Mm. But there are some good ideas about why uh, in the comments where um, Sahil Khan says, I remember reading either in this book or somewhere else that a call to prayer is made for each individual. Oh, wow. A call to prayer is made for each individual's own sake or own good. It might be their fitra, maybe, or within. But uh, there's another person uh, under the name of Ya Mahdi who says, I believe it's to remember God throughout the day, mm. which, makes, which makes a lot of sense. Uh, or to upload prayer for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's remembrance as the Quran says, and then it just cuts Keep off. Keep upholding it, yeah. Oh, yeah, hold, yeah. not upload. It says upload. Too digital. Oh. Yeah, yeah, honestly. Um, cool. So we start moving a little bit further as, as, as our time slowly draws to an end. So clearly we therefore see that prayers have blessings that we just can't count, right? Mm. Yet in reality, as we've alluded to and as some of our, our, our um, uh, participants have also mentioned that maybe when we audit ourselves, we realise we don't benefit from it that much. So there's a big miss, miscom here, right? We're, we're not getting it, right? Either because we don't understand it or because Allah hasn't told us it. And I think Allah's given us a fair few examples as to why it's so important and how it's so important. It's probably on us. And that's where the introspection, just being open and saying, you know what, Allah, I'm going to put my hands up this evening at Maghrib time and be like, you know what, however old I am, I've probably not done it. right? And I'm just going to come to the masalla and just say it straight up. And we need to recognize that look, if it wasn't so valuable, then Allah wouldn't have insisted on it so much. Like he's, yeah. He doesn't do things, he didn't create just for the sake of, oh, seems like fun. He's a creator with ultimate wisdom. He does it with reason mm. and intellect that we, we'll never really understand. So we need to focus on this topic that if Allah really believed it to be so critical for us, hence why he's given it to us, we need to go find out what is it about this, right? And there was a side point that uh, Sheikh mentioned, uh, you know, as he concluded on this part of the section where he was saying, we've discussed those who are crazy energetic, thanks to their prayer. We've discussed those who are maybe leaving it out and therefore feeling less energetic, less excited, etc. If we want to inspire those who aren't praying to pray, let them be around those who have mastered their prayer, who are buzzing, who are full of joy, who are happy. And they'll be like, what is it about this guy that gets him there, mm -hmm. right? How is it that in the heat of the day where it's stress, 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 he emerges from his little cave at work and is like, I'm back, everyone. Mm. You know, I'm back in the room, right? And that will inspire them towards yeah. prayer rather than the, you know, iron fist approach, yeah. um, which I think, again, comes back to the, the point on explaining the why. So yeah. if we manage to do that and if we manage to improve ourselves, then we're able to inspire others. And I think this is a really lovely point for those of us who are, who are taking part in this session who maybe don't see that value in prayer. Let's try and see those and identify those who are and who are buzzing. And for those of us who are able to offer these prayers and who aren't buzzing, take this hadith in mind that Imam al-Sadiq is reported to say. He says, invite people in other ways besides your tongue so that people may see your piety, struggles, prayers and good deeds. This is a person who invites others. Mm. 
and the elusive the line of Quran 2278, and you may be bearers of witness to the people, therefore, keep up prayer. This is a beacon, it's an invitation, mm-hmm. right? It's amazing because we see the call to prayer, the Afan, on YouTube everywhere, right? And you've got all these social experience people like, ah, oh, this uh, atheist couple hearing the Afan for the first time in Turkey, what's your reaction? They're like, ah, oh, I felt peace and love. And it's beautiful. It's beautiful. <laughs> I don't know why I'm going for American, you know, it's, it's particular. maybe it's a nice voice or something. But, you know, they have this response of like something felt, serene mm. and then they see people pray in fact there was this documentary i watched on channel for ages ago where it had uh, a household where they mixed eight muslims and eight non-muslims mm. and there was actually a, a guy from an organization that doesn't particularly like shias on there who then got sent to prison but that's for another day mm. um but <laughs> there was a moment where there was a someone who watched this uh i think it was bangladesh pakistani brother they got out from a camping trip that they were on and he was like i need to pray i need to pray i need to pray and she watched him pray and just like middle of a field. We've all been there. Like Masala comes out behind mm. the car and she was just crying. She was like, I can't fathom how someone is so dedicated to this. Like there must mm. be something behind it. And I think those are the examples where you just see them. and They're like, yeah, everything's good. And you're like, oh, what were you just doing that made you so happy? It's, it's that mm. calling that Imam Masala is talking about. Invite people in other ways besides your tongue. So forget mm. the book club. Go and offer it, you know, <laughs> come watch us pray and you may be uninvited probably, but yeah. you know, try and be amongst those mm-hmm. and you may be bearers of witness to the people, therefore, keep up prayer. Um, we have a few minutes left and inshallah I want to try and jump to part three uh, and we'll see if we can just jump straight through it as the concept. Because this was the, uh, the main theme of this session, which was... Mm-hmm prayer being a mentor so we'll just spend maybe very briefly and then we may need to jump into it again next week inshallah um but as we jump into it the concept is this that everyone in their life needs a mentor if they want to achieve a certain goal and i think as you get older you realize that more and more so be that in business be that in parenthood be that in being an amazing husband or wife whatever right you want to have a mentor something you go you know what they give me guidance it's the role of the best man in a way, right? Mm. They're meant to give you a mentorship. And Alhamdulillah, my brother's done a good job, so credit to him. <laughs> and Imam Sajjah reported to say, <laughs> Whoever doesn't have a wise person to guide him has perished. Mm. Okay, fine, makes sense. So we realize we need someone or something to act as a mentor for us in order to achieve a given goal. Our given goal in life, to get closer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Now, this mentor should clarify our problems and guide us. Mm. And the hypothesis here is, is that for us to have a mentor for qurbatan ilallah, prayer is able to help us clarify our problems. And if we offer that prayer correctly mm. through divine destiny, Allah will guide us. Now, how does prayer clarify? Sometimes we're stuck in the heat of a given moment, mm. work, family argument, whatever. And we offer our prayer with the right intention, with the right mindset, with the right sincerity, and we tap into God's manifestations again. So where we were expressing anger and frustration, we head to the prayer mat, we reset with wudu, with avan and iqama, and we now manifest love and mercy. And we kind of reflect me like, how on earth am I facing my creator with love and mercy right now? But five minutes ago, I was at the top of my voice shouting. And it clarifies the problem. And you see that with a mentor, right? They just ask you a few questions. 
how did you tackle it? Oh, what mm. made you feel it was the right way? They, they don't give you a solution, they just ask. Mm. And you yourself are just like, oh yeah, maybe I shouldn't have done that. Mm. Maybe that was the wrong strategy. Maybe mm. I shouldn't have. And Salaj is like, hey, just come back to the normal path here a second. Mm. Compare yourself. And through that divine destiny, Allah's like, hey, I'm going to guide you, don't you worry. Yeah. I find this a little bit tricky in that, say you have um, something that you've experienced, say um, at work and you're thinking about it and it's playing on your mind, etc. And it's, it's time for Zohar and then you go. Mm-hmm. And then the aim is to relate to Allah and to speak to Him and to connect with Him. But because um, the namaz is, or the salah is so... Um, you, you're always doing something. Like um, if it's either a surah, surah al-hamd or another surah, ruku, sajda, whatever. And you ought to be focused solely on Allah, yeah. right? And your connection between you and Him. But at the same time, you're trying to tell Him about all the stuff that's on your mind. Yeah. And so it kind of swirls up into this very confusing mm. mess in a way. And then you, end up just talk, you just end up thinking about the, the thing that's the going thing on that at was, work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you feel better because you've thought about it, but you haven't really spoken to Allah. It's like me coming to you for help. Or me coming to check in with you mm. and talking at you mm. and then just going off, going off. That's it, so done, yeah. But yeah, it's, it's a bit tricky in that sense because, you know, you, you, even though you have sort of let go or sort of vented in a yeah. way, you haven't, have you really connected? So I'm going to, and we'll need to, we're just running out of time. So mm. I'll just paint this like concept and then we'll let our viewers inshallah reflect on this, right? When we come to the Musalla and we're told pray, it's not, for example, like where it says, look, open book, say what you want to say. So we're not actually coming. It's just an observation from my side. It's not in the book uh, Mm. yet. We're not coming to the pray mat and saying, okay, listen, Allah, here's what's happening. We're coming and actually saying, forget everything else with our takbir. All of that nonsense, forget it, it's behind me. Mm. I begin in your name, the merciful, the most kind. Forget MJ's problem, forget my problem, right? Mm. All praises to Allah, the Lord of the worlds. He's the most kind, the most merciful. He's the king. He's the owner of the day of resurrection. And it's got nothing to do with us. Yeah. It's the recognition of what is a'la, of what is the most high. It's got nothing to do with So maybe that's just the, the slight thing I'd put there. Oh, 100%. And at the and conclusion of it, maybe then we yeah. can express our purpose. It's amazing how all of them have weight. Each thing that you utter 100%. has 100%. weight. 100%. My dear viewers, inshallah, we'll have to begin our conclusion there. We mm. haven't even got... Well, actually, we've got some way through. We've maybe got yeah. a few, few more things to cover. But um, at this point, I really hope that you've enjoyed this mm. first session. Uh, we've only just got into the beginning of this, of this beautiful mm. book of establishing why. And inshallah, we'll go on to how to offer this good prayer. Um, my thanks is to Brother Muhammad Jawad for being such an awesome... Uh, a oh. participant as well in this thanks for having um, me no pleasure and thank you everyone for joining us online as well and we hope you'll join us next mm. week um, we'll share out uh, the updates uh, via social media for you to uh, keep an eye just very quickly and, a very important question is uh, that is there a book that can teach how to pray in English so I can buy if you email us uh, on mm. TV or if you get in touch via Instagram we'll be able to reply to you inshallah but with that mm. inshallah we'll see you next week wassalamu alaikum wa rahmatullah wa barakatuh